On today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, a special message for Pastor Appreciation Day given by David Kemp, the Regional Bishop of the North Central Region Church of God. Today's message is from Sunday morning, May 6, 2018. Now here's your speaker, David Kemp. I won't say a lot about NCR, but I do thank you uh, for your support and thank you as a church for being missions-minded. And uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this. <clears throat> it's not a luxury. It, it's, it's a requirement to have big brothers, big sisters like you if we're going to do the work of the Lord there in the North Central region. And so I do not take it for granted, and it will be invested wisely. And uh, the only thing I'll say about my work there right now, we love it, Sanja and I. Sanja's in Montana right now driving back from a women's conference. And uh, we may have been city folk, but we have seen a lot of country now. And, uh, uh, and, and when I was going to school, you know, they talked to me about negative numbers. And that was always theoretical. But since I have moved to North Dakota, I have discovered that negative numbers are real. They're real. It was 23 below zero the day that I moved in. There are some days that I stick my head in my freezer and it's warmer in my freezer than it is outside. <laughs> but uh, we love the Lord and we love uh, the work that he has given us and we count it a privilege to be there. But it is good. This is as hot as I've been in a long time right here today. But it's good to be with you. And I will not belabor the point too long today. I know you're hungry. and uh, And so... I'm going to keep that in mind, but uh, I do want to speak to you for a few moments today, and I'd like to stay true to the, to the purpose of this day as the Lord would allow me this morning. And so this morning, I'm going to take a, a, a little bit about what this day is about, and I want to highlight a couple things. And what I'm going to talk to you about today, I believe, is the single most important issue that will contribute to the well-being of your church. That's a pretty bold statement, but I believe the single most important, if you had to say, what's the one thing that will make or break a church? What is the one thing, if we get this right, it will, it will greatly increase our chance of being a happy, prosperous church that is continuing to grow and to win their community. I believe I've got that one thing today that I'm gonna to talk to you about. And if you get it right, the sky is the limit on the good that this church will do for you and your family and for the lost families in this community. Get it wrong, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you, you volunteer or how much you do as a volunteer in this church, no matter how faithful you are in your tithing and giving, I promise you, the one thing I'm going to talk to you about today, if you get it wrong, no matter how hard you try, your church is going to continually be a burden and a duty and a joy sucker in your life. This one thing. If you have your Bibles, you've been standing, so I will say reverently sit. Some of my favorite words in church, you may be seated. I love those those words. But Ephesians chapter 4, I would like to call your attention. You'll find the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Ephesians 4, 7 and 8. 
Ephesians is a little book. If you, you can probably find Acts and just keep going right. If you get to Revelation, you've gone too far. You're in the future. You need to come back a little. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say oh me. Okay. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. I want to talk about this idea of a gift today. As I said, Sonja's not with me today, and so uh, if you'll promise not to tell her, I can get by with anything I want to say today, and that's going to be good. But uh, I think Sonja would agree with me, one of the most, if not the most, I believe the most significant gift that I ever gave my wife was when I gave her her diamond, her first diamond. It was the most significant gift that I ever gave her. Pastor Neil, I grew up, you said you didn't grow up in Pentecost. There's good things about Pentecost, and there's some things that are not quite as good about Pentecost. For instance, when I was a boy, everything was a sin except eating. Does anybody remember those days? I mean, everything was wrong. Everything was wrong. And boy, definitely jewelry was wrong. It took an act of the General Assembly just to allow us to be able to wear a wedding band. And then most people never, at least a lot of the old timers, never would wear a wedding band. They felt like if you go up in the rapture, you could tell the ones with a wedding band, they went up feet first because that ring was holding them down to the heavens, to to the earth. And so they kind of went up with their feet up in the air instead of head first. It was a major ordeal. This is just to kind of set the background a little bit for this. And I I remember Sanj and I may have been the first ministerial couple, if not one of the first, that wore a wedding band when we got married. But I didn't get my wife a a diamond. That that would have kept us right out of the rapture for sure. So, of course, as far as the pocketbook goes, those were good rules. We ought maybe to bring those things back. It saved us men a lot of money. But anyway, that's another story. But, uh, and so we didn't, I didn't get her a wedding band. I remember I took my wedding band off after we got married. I just, I wasn't going to wear it out in public. I mean, heaven forbid anybody know I was married, you know. And so I didn't wear my wedding band out in public. And I remember finally my wife got me to wear my wedding band when our first church, she said, David, you need to start wearing your wedding band. Well, I put my wedding band on and I got this rare disease. It was called Kawasaki disease that makes your hands and your feet swell up. I thought it was the judgment of God. They had to cut my ring off, a jeweler. I had to go to a jeweler and they had a little tool and they cut that ring off. I thought it was the judgment of God. I didn't wear a wedding band for years after that. Finally, I, I started, I, wore, I wear one now, and so far I've dodged the judgment of God on it. But about five years into our marriage, we had gone through a tough patch in our marriage, and, and God had helped us, and we'd worked through it, and I wanted that Christmas to be special. And so I bought my wife, I said, I, I'm going to buy her a diamond. I'm going to, I'm going to, go for broke here. I'm going to buy my wife a diamond. So I went and I, I, it was a whole new experience for me. And I went to this jeweler and they, and I bought this diamond and, and, and I bought, it was a set. It was a new wedding band. And I got, and I was going to try to fake her out. And I did the little ring had diamonds in it. And so what I did is I gave her the wedding band. It was under the Christmas tree. 
And then I put the diamond. We have a little thing. We open our. We go through our stockings. It's the last thing we do, and it'll be little gag gifts and funny gifts and little cheap. It's just. It's just a little fun thing we do. And so I put that diamond box in the bottom, in the toe of the stocking. And so she's pulling this stuff out, and it'd be like goofy stuff, you know, and fun stuff. And we just have fun with that stocking. But then she reached down, right down there in the bottom, in the toe of the stocking, and there's this little box. Now, fellas, let me help you here. Women like, kids may like a big box, but women like little boxes for special occasions. Let me just help you. If your idea that you're going to honor your wife on your anniversary and get her a wash machine... Fellas, that big box is not going to impress her a bit. She may hit you with the big box. You may be living in that big box out in the backyard. And so Sanja reached out and she pulled out yet one more. See, I'd already psyched her out because she thought that wedding band with the diamonds, that was going to be her diamond. And so she was completely content and she reached down and yet one more, and her eyes lit up and she opened that little box and I gave her a magnifying glass. I was a poor preacher back then. And, and, and it, was, it was a little diamond, but it was a real diamond. And, and that was a highlight in any woman's life, any married woman's life. She remembers when she got her diamond. That was probably, hands down, the most significant gift that I ever gave my wife. We still treasure that memory. It was a treasure privilege for me to be able to do it, to be able to afford it, and to be able to give my true love a a token of my true love and then for her to receive it. Well, Jesus Christ has given you a very significant gift. When he conquered and he led captivity from, from what he gathered up, He gave his bride a beautiful gift. And he goes down a little further and he talks about it in the same chapter in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The gifts that he gave us, he says, he himself, Ephesians 4 and 11, he himself, Jesus did this. He gave some, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. God's gift, he loved us so much that God's gift to us is what this day is about. I want to highlight two vital keys here, and then I want to give you three quick principles from these two vital keys. The first thing is that when Jesus wanted to express his love, he gave persons. First of all, he gave the Holy Spirit. He gave a person. And when he wants to express his love to a church, I thank God for your great property. You've got a beautiful facilities. But we often think what, what we need from God is we need more resources. We need a better building. We need more money. We need more programs. We need more gadgets. And all of those things matter. But what really matters, if you do not have the right pastor, God gives us persons God, when he looked at Adam, the one thing in the, in the garden, the one thing that, that was not right, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. You can have a big house. 
You can have the finest car. You can have a great job. But what we really need, fellas, is a person. And a church is the same way. And so when God wanted to express his love to the North Walhalla Church, he sent you persons. And there's a second vital key that I want you to understand about this is that just like that diamond, you know, if, if I had come today and, and I had brought maybe Sister Jessica, just because usually Sanja does, we give a pastor's wife, we give them a special gift when we come and Sanja's not here and I'm sorry. I'm just a sorry man. I don't think about these things. But if Sanja had been with us, we'd have had a special gift for the pastor's wife today. But let's say if I'd come and I gave Sister Jessica to show my respect to the lady of the house, the first lady of North Wahala, and I'd brought her some bouquet, a bouquet of flowers. Well, Pastor Neil, he would have thought, you know, that, that David, he's a wily old fox. He, he, he's smart. He knows who really butters the bread around here, and he's going to keep Mama happy. And, and he would have thought, well, that's, that was a good move. If I'd have brought her, and maybe even in in, uh, in the Dakotas, there there's this the, uh, the the special jewelry that they make there. They mine gold up there, and they have this special jewelry. It's beautiful and it's it's unique and distinctive. And and if I'd have brought her, maybe a little pendant or a bracelet or or even a necklace, he would have thought, "Boy, David is uh, he must be making big bucks now that he's an overseer." But you notice I didn't bring her one. But if I had come in today and I'd have brought your first lady, I had brought her a diamond. And I'd give Sister Jessica a diamond. I got a feeling that before the day's over, me and Pastor Neil, I would get called into his office and I'd have some splaining to do. Okay, he and I'd have to have a little talk because you know and I know that diamonds are husband gifts. It's not my place. There's only one woman in the world that I better be giving diamonds to. That's a husband gift. And when God gives you a gift, he gives you a husband gift. Your pastor is a husband gift. In other words, like when I gave my wife the diamond and then a few weeks later we're looking around, I noticed she's not wearing it and, well, honey, where's your diamond? Oh, I don't know. I think it's in the toy box or the litter box or I'm not sure where it's at. That would have been, I would have understood exactly the way she treated my husband gift would have given me a clear signal of how she feels about me. And so obviously, I think most of us here today, it doesn't take a rocket scientist and you're smart people. You understand the connection. Really, this day is not about so much the Nolans, but it's about your love and your respect for God. And you're, you understand that, that God took captive, he, he sinful, lost, fallen men, and out of those captives, he began to select some. He said, some I have called to be apostles and prophets and pastors and and evangelists and pastors and teachers. 
and out of those captives, and he took an old sorry sinner that needed grace just like any one of us, a man that puts his trousers on just like every other man in this building, but he says, I'm going to do something special in that man's life, and I'm going to call him and anoint him, and I'm going to give him, I've got a special church that I love and care for, and I'm going to put him in a little box, and I'm going to send him there. And You've done well today. You've recognized that, and you're honoring Team Nolan. But I want to remind you that what you're really doing today, Pastor, what you really did when you honored our senior leader today is that you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe he is blessed by what you're doing today. So kudos, North Wahala. So those are the two principles. When God wants to bless you, don't get, this is a broader principle than just this day, but don't get all wrapped up in if I, I know God's going to bless me because he's going to give me a big house or a nice car or a pay raise. I hope God gives you stuff. There's a lot of God's people in this world that don't have a lot of stuff, but they've got each other. And that's the greatest gift. If you've ever held a little baby in your arms, You'd give up everything and you felt a little baby in your arms and that little baby's fighting for its life. You'll go in the hospital chapel and you'll say, God, I'll give, it every, I'll give you my house, I'll give you my car, I'll give everything if you'll save my little baby's life. And never forget the importance of when you're going through a tough time. Just remember that you've got a person that's praying for you that loves you. He gave, God gave you a person and all this other stuff is just extra. And the way, the second principle is the way you treat that person is how you're treating your impression of and your affection for the gift giver, which is Jesus Christ. Those are the two principles for the day. Amen. Now, just very quickly... I've been talking to you 16 minutes and 11 seconds and counting. So we, we're doing okay. We're doing all right? Yes. Amen. I'm not going to eat with you today, so I, might, I don't care about getting out any particular time. I'm going home with my mama. But I, I know you are. I want to come back someday, so I'm going to keep be very short. But I would like to make three observations. First of all, your pastor is Jesus' gift to you. That's what we've been talking about. Going forward, after this day, I want the focus, and, and Pastor is 100% on this, I want the focus to be about you and the people out there that need Jesus Christ. You're his, Jesus died for you. He loves you. And when we come to church, I want church to be about my people most of the time and about this community. But I, don't forget that your pastor is Jesus' gift to you. And let me just say, that's not always the case. I get that. Sometimes there's no perfect system. The Baptists do it one way. The Methodists do it one way. The Presbyterians do it another way. The Church of God does it their way. And there's no perfect system. And sometimes the system doesn't work. It's not working as good as it should. Sometimes overseers miss it. Sometimes... The people get what they want and they didn't listen to authority and they miss it. And maybe you've been hurt by a pastor. 
When it goes bad, it doesn't matter how beautiful the building is. If you get the wrong pastor here this time next year, they would be doing good to get to have 30 people in this room. We've all seen churches have to go through that. But eventually, I truly believe because God loves his church so much, God's will is eventually done. And I know about this situation. I was here the night to take the vote for this dear brother. And I know our overseer of this great state. I know the overseer of North Central Region too. Pray for him. But I know him, and I know he, he, he sweated and prayed and fasted over this situation. And I did. And if God's will was ever done, God not only sent you a better-looking pastor than you had. He paid me big bucks to say that. I figure I can outrun Scotty. And I sure couldn't whoop him. So... I'm going to keep him happy and outrun Scotty. I'll be all right. But I believe that God's will was done here. And just remember that. In days, there's going to be times that pastor's going to disappoint you. You're not going to understand. Maybe because he's right and you're wrong. And maybe because he's wrong and you're right. But the issue at the end of the day is not being right or wrong. It's about loving each other and working through it. In your best days, God gave you the right couple. It's unprecedented. It doesn't happen too often that you go two for two. You got a good pastor, and then the next one comes in, and it's like, God, where was God on this one? And we get that. But if there's ever been a moment that your pastor's God's gift to you, this is the case. Can you say amen? amen. Second, Yes. second principle that I want to bring out of these two vital truths that I shared with you. The second principle is your pastor today, hang with me, don't run for the door or don't throw anything at me, but your pastor today will not be the same pastor you have this time next year. I promise you that. Now, I don't mean that I'm here, of course, if I could steal him, I'd steal him and take him to the NCR in a skinny minute. I got a church open right now. But that's not what I'm talking about. Though, Even though I did preach a pastor's appreciation and got up and bragged on the preacher and told the people how they are to love him and, how, and all that good stuff. And after the service, he told me, oh, by the way, I'm moving. He said, but I, didn't, I wanted to wait after pastor appreciation. I said, you dirty dog, you need to give them that check back. But that's, that could happen. We all understand that, but I don't think it will. I believe God has given you a pastor for a long-term season that in, in your great days are ahead, you've got a great leader, you're a great people, and the harvest is great in this region. But here's what I'm talking about. When I bought my wife that diamond, I got an insurance policy with it. I, I paid a little extra that would take care of it, keep it, if, if something went wrong, if we lost the diamond because of the way they set it in or something, it was a, a, something faulty, or those little chips on the wedding band. I had an insurance policy, but here was the deal. Ever so often, I had a little book and I had to take it in to the jeweler and they cleaned it and they looked at it and they checked it and they made sure everything was all right. I wouldn't do that if I got that ring out of a bubble gum machine or I got it at Walmart on the discount rack. 
But that diamond is an investment. It's an investment. And I want to remind you that your greatest asset, remember this, and I saw how you did this with, with your previous pastor, and you invested in him. When they came, they were just kids. Green as a gourd, but they loved God. And they laid down their life. Well, you've got, now you've got an experience. See, that God honored you. You had a little tiny diamond. And God honored you. Now he's giving you a high-priced diamond. I'm talking about Sister Jessica. Will the verdict still out on Brother Neil? But God's given you, but, but because you invested in the little diamond, a young man at a critical time in his life and in your life, and now God's given you a, a better diamond, and you take care of this diamond. Do you know that a lot of preachers don't leave because it's the Lord's will so much as they're weary? They're tired of being taken for granted. There's a lot of wives here today that they're not going to leave their marriage vows but the passion's gone because their husbands take them for granted. There's no spice in the marriage anymore. And the husbands forgot that what it takes to get a girl, it takes to keep a girl. And you're married to a different girl, even though it's the same woman, because you, you've lost that first love. And the same thing can happen, wives, with you and your husband. You could just take him for granted. I know he's supposed to bring home a paycheck. I know every husband's supposed to take out the trash and, and wash, help wash the dishes every once in a while. But when we stop saying thank you, when we stop remembering what our real investment is, is people. It's not that car, that classic car you're working out of your boat, out in the garage. or It's, it's not your wardrobe. It's not your house. It's people. It's not keeping the house clean. It's keeping the communications clean between you and your lover, your spouse, your children. And I want you to, to remember your greatest investment here is Team Nolan. Keep them healthy. They're going to be better or worse this time next year. They're going to be, they're going to be shiny and eager and optimistic and hopeful about the future. Or are they going to be weary and guarded and, and, and tired of all the noise? Some people talk about their pastor. Some people talk their pastor up. You talk your pastor up. You invest in him. I could walk you through. I'm here today because of good people that believed in me and loved me. I'll give you one example. I remember one church. I was the fourth pastor they'd had in four years. You know, there's a lot, of, there, there's people, there's, what is it, post-traumatic syndrome? That you see so much violence that you, you begin to live a dysfunctional life. A lot of our veterans have to deal with this. And they can't have healthy relationships because they're dealing with, they're overwhelmed with the post-traumatic syndrome. Well, churches go through that. They can have so much fighting and feuding amongst themselves, they can't get along with each other. They can't get along with a preacher and that's how this church was. And they'd been hurt by a preacher many years before. They'd come in and abused them and wasted all their money. They had a beautiful building and they lost it. They had to declare bankruptcy and they were, they were weary, wary of all other pastors. They had trouble with trusting. So by the time I got there, young men in my late 20s, I, I was the fourth pastor in, one, in four years. And I remember, I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it. This was back before you had mobile phones, and they had begun to go through, they went through all the long-distance phone call bill. 
And I'd been making some long-distance calls because I was working on a trip for the senior citizens. And they didn't think to ask me. They just thought I was making personal calls. And they were all up in arms at the men's meeting. And they were ready to take me to task and to fire me. And they were getting all worked up. And I was blindsided. And then there was a young man that had seen his grandfathers do this and the fathers of the church. And he stood up and he says, wait a minute. And he looked at the men and he says, you're not going to do this to this preacher. It stops today. And that young man put his life, put his reputation, his standing in that church, he put it on the line and he, he stood up for me. And it's like something broke and the men realized this is, this is stupid. This is crazy. We're bickering over our pastor making a long distance telephone call. Before the day was over, they said, you do what you want to do. We're not going to worry about it anymore. And that church changed. And since, and I left a few years later, about five or six years later, and they've only, and that was back in, in the early nineties. And they've only had two pastors since then. They've only had two because they broke the dysfunction. They realized, wait a minute, our pastor's going to be different this time next year. And if I have anything to do with it, he's going to be better. I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to trust him. He's going to have to prove me wrong. I'm going to follow him. He's not going to get everything right, but I know he loves us. And I'm going to work on my investment. And I'm going to believe in him. Amen. And then finally... This message really is not about Team Nolan. It's about Jesus Christ. Pastor, I want you to come with me if you would. Stand up here with me. The way you treat this dear man, and I'll tease him sometime. But I believe... that God calls and anoints somebody and this man's different than the rest of us here today. He's not better. He's not better. But he is above us. He represents God Almighty. And just like a good wife who follows her husband as he follows the Lord, you're not to follow a husband blindly. You're not to follow a pastor blindly. I get that. But you've got a good man here. You've got a good man, a called man, an anointed man. And Pastor Nolan, I love and honor you. And I want us to do something today. I'm going to turn this over to him in just a moment. You don't have to tell anybody. You can do this later. Sister Jessica, can I, can I borrow you? Do you have a diamond? Yes. You better give this girl a diamond. Can I borrow your diamond? What's this young lady that spoke for you, Victoria? I'm guessing she got married because you called her by her maiden name, right? Can I borrow your diamond? I might could whoop him. I don't know. He's, <laughs> you may not get this one back. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Got a beautiful wife. Now, in Team Nolan's life, in Team Nolan's life, there's a world of difference between saying the diamond 
the diamond and my diamond. This is, this is a diamond. But in Nolan, Team Nolan's life, this is the diamond. This represents Pastor Neil's best when he says, I'd never heard it put that way. That was really good. You've given your best to this church. And this represents this man loves this woman. He's given himself and she's given, she's taken her, her name and laid it aside and she's given her, taken his name. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. This is a diamond. Now this is true for this family. This is a diamond. But in Team Nolan's life, this is my diamond. And there's a world of difference between saying the preacher and saying, my preacher. And there's two groups that I want to talk to today. Maybe there's something, church, we get it. Church, we, sometimes we, we think church is supposed to be heaven. Church is more like a hospital. And hurting people, including hurting people behind a pulpit, can hurt people. And maybe you're here today and you love Pastor Neil, but you still have trouble. It's more like he's the preacher because you've been hurt. And today, sometime before this day's over, before this week is over, and maybe this morning you call and you say, Pastor, I just want you to know, I want to go on record. Nope. You're my diamond. You're my pastor. For good, bad, and ugly, you're my pastor. And then maybe there's somebody here today that you don't have a pastor, period. And your preacher can't save you, but he works for the one that does. And before this day's over, come down and shake his hand and don't let go until he tells you how to get to Jesus. And when you leave here today, leave here with a pastor. My pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. North Walhalla, the Lord loved you so much that he gave you a special husband gift. Will you welcome to the pulpit your husband gift, Neil Nolan, Pastor Neil Nolan. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Before he closes out, I did want to point out one thing that I failed to mention. Uh, and this is my favorite thing, to be honest with you. We also have this beautiful flower arrangement for Jessica and Neil and the boys to take to the house. Sister Darlene Campbell put this in for us. <laughs> so but uh, she put those in here and I got to come by here last night to do some work in the office. And I just stopped as I was leaving and I smelled each one. And uh, so it's a beautiful flower arrangement and we want you to take that uh, to, to be with you. I'm going to give the mic back to my pastor. Not going to hold you, but thank you so much. We have been honored. We are blessed to be your pastors. So many faces new faces and older faces as well when I used to preach revivals. I want to say this, the last thing I want to say this, 
following Brother and Sister Hager was a blessing, but that's a high bar. He's my best friend. We talk every day. I love him dearly. He loves you. I love him. And uh, he, he lived here, a legacy, a left a legacy. But he would tell you as well, uh, you allowed him to become the man that he is. And I shared with him a few weeks ago, I said, God, is, I'm blessed to follow you, but that's a high bar. That's a bar where you come in where somebody goes, did you pray for Aunt Sue? And I'm trying, who's Aunt Sue? You know, you don't know everybody in the spur of a moment. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, God's allowed us not only to embrace you as you've embraced us, but this is a good church doing a good work, amen? And I am honored to be a pastor, and I love each of you. My wife and I, we're here. We love Wahala. We love the community. We love being a Razorback, amen? Amen? amen. We can say that with pride now. We're winning again, amen? Come on. And uh, so we love being here. Thank you for doing this today. We look forward to being with you at the lake. Thank you to Pastor Kemp. He's a blessing. To the former pastors, I give honor. To the deacons who stood in the gap for me, I give honor. To our staff, I thank you. To all the leadership department heads, I love each of you. To every new face, new baby, everybody coming. I'm going to start naming names. I'm not. I love you. It's so good to see you. You're good people. See people that have been saved this last year and a half. We have people that were in jail, prison, who no church wouldn't take them, and we took them, and now they're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and doing work right here at our church. Amen. I love you. Closing prayer. If you grab the person's hand beside of you so I can make you feel uncomfortable just for a moment. So good to have my friends from Australia with us. So good to Shaley wave at us. Roger, wave at us in the back. So good to have them. I don't see your mom. It's good to have mom with us. You talking about a firecracker. Let her tell you what God did for them. This was just a God thing that put us together. And now they're part of North Wahala. Get ready. There are more people coming. We have a wonderful sister from Ghana here this morning. I don't know where she's at. We have some from Mexico and all around the world. And we even have some here from Society Hills, South Carolina. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. It has been good to be in your house. These are our family and friends who you allowed us to pastor. Some have been here for 50 years. Some have been here for five days. But truly, we love them all. They're good people. They're people who believe the Word and follow the Word and follow the Spirit. They're people who pray. And Father, I pray that God, as you would help me and help my wife to not only be their pastors, but pastors who are growing in you, that we can see what you see and know what you know that moves us past the flesh and into the Spirit where our dreams become a reality. Help us as we lean upon you for this next year. Bless Pastor Kemp and his, God help him as he gets back to North Dakota and South Dakota. Bless him with labors for the harvest field. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Do me one favor, let me get my wife. If you'll hang tight, one second, let Pastor and Sister Jessica get to the back. I don't know why I keep saying Sister Jessica today, but anyway. Let them get to the back because I know you'll want to speak to them today. And uh, thank you so much for allowing us to honor our pastor. If you're visiting with us, we encourage, if you're guests, we want to thank you for being here. But we encourage you to come back. Uh, we just take this one, one Sunday out of a year to do this. So thank you so much. <laughs>